0: You are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is produced by Crawlspace Media. Welcome back to True Crime Twins. I'm Chloe. And I'm Melina. Thanks for listening. So, Chloe, what's new with you? Well, as you know, we just put the baby down for a nap, so now we have to utilize this opportunity to record, so that was a success. Anyone with an infant knows that once that nap starts, you kind of scramble to be productive, so that's, that's where I'm at right now. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm enjoying my break from school. My semester went really, really well, but I have to say that I'm enjoying not being stressed out constantly with studying and tests, so I'm enjoying this month off that I have. Yeah, you deserve it. And for those who don't know, uh, she is studying to be a nurse. Yay! (laughs) So very exciting stuff. I am excited. It's like a dream job for me, honestly. Good. You'll be great at it. Thank you. Today, we are talking about the murder of John JonBenet Ramsey. Have you heard of it before? Yeah, this case is one that's been picked apart for decades. However, we always come back to the same place that this case is unsolved and no one really knows who was responsible or who wasn't. It's nice to hear from different perspectives on this case, and it's something that we vehemently disagree on. Which is unusual. It is unusual for us. Typically, we align um, when it comes to our opinions on what happens in certain cases. But on this one, we don't. So I'm eager to discuss it and sort of break down the details. Uh, I guess we can sort of do a brief introduction of the case for people who might not be familiar. I think most of you probably are. But um, for those who don't know... John JonBenet Ramsey died in 1996. She was a six-year-old student and beauty queen residing in Boulder, Colorado. She and her family, which consisted of her mom, Patsy, her father, John, and older brother, Burke, uh, had an upper middle-class lifestyle. I believe they also had a lake house. They had a Blessed life. I think they even toured their mansion for Christmas because of Patsy's elaborate decorations. Patsy was in the beauty pageant circuit when she was a young adult and really saw a lot of value in that field. She actually also studied media and journalism in college. Intelligent woman, very put together. She suffered from different types of cancers in her life and in her treatment, found a lot of joy in. Dressing John Bonet up and getting John Bonet involved in the beauty pageant circuit herself. And this subject, I think, comes with a lot of emotionally charged opinions. People have very different responses to seeing a child that young wearing makeup, spray tanned, wearing, you know, outfits fake teeth. fake teeth, outfits that a showgirl would wear, bleach blonde hair, dancing inappropriately. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's creepy. Yeah. And so after John Bonet was found murdered, in her own home, she was missing for several hours. Her mother woke up to find a ransom note reportedly on the bottom of the stairs, saying that uh, they were holding John Bonnet for ransom. Don't call the police, don't tell any of your friends. There were elaborate instructions on delivering the money, which was a very specific amount that happened to be uh, very close to, if not exactly the amount that John Ramsey John Bonnet's father had earned in a bonus that year. So that's kind of an odd. A uh, recurring number that we saw there. If you say so, <laughs> uh, the ransom note was a few pages long, very long for a ransom note. Um, a draft was found in the trash can. There were a lot of uh, like movie references and elaborate quotes. Um, a very strange note that sort of sets this crime apart from any home invasion, abduction, or murder that you've ever seen. Such a a long ransom note that was written at the scene. Another note about this crime scene is that all of the, um, everything that was used in the commission of the crime, I believe, was found in the home. John Bonet died of blunt force trauma to the head, and I believe the police had the opinion that a flashlight in the home was used as the murder weapon for that, but it was never de- uh, definitively determined. She was also strangled with a, a handmade uh, groat made from paintbrushes that belonged to her mother that were also. Um, found in the home So this is why Chloe really thinks that It was The parents Or familial involvement But I'm I want to be a little bit More specific About the circumstances Just to paint um, A clear picture For those who don't know this Do you think has, I'm presenting The case Under a biased lens? A little But it's oh, okay I'm, s- I'm sorry To all of our listeners This is still a friendly <laughs> conversation so, um, For now So this was Christmas 1996 um, That night of december 25th the family went to a christmas party and came back late that night and apparently put the kids to bed and the parents according to them went to bed as well patsy the mother wakes up around 5 30 wearing the same clothes that she wore last night we can talk about that later but she finds this note and freaks out calls the police like you can find the recording of the call online she sounds extremely panicked but a lot of people Thought that that was a big problem because like the note said, don't call the police, like follow our instructions and you'll get your daughter back. So people were like, why would she do this? But I don't know. She could have panicked. Maybe she didn't read that far. So she found this note at 530, called the police. A bunch of friends came over to search. The police came over to search and it was kind of um disorganized crime scene. And... John Binet's body was found in the basement of the house in like an unused wine cellar room at around one thirty yes. p m and so which is what like eight hours after Patsy found the note. yep, and investigators actually suggested that John Search the basement or um the body was actually found by her father and her father's friend and when the father uh, laid eyes on her body, which was um found covered uh, with a blanket, he freaked out. Uh, lifted her up ripped tape from over her mouth and uh, ran upstairs and set her down in front of the Christmas tree Um, her mother saw the body had a conniption literally like freaked out yeah um, fell to the ground um, laid her head on her daughter's chest while she got to bring her back so a very um, horrifying, dramatic, heartbreaking scene that's being painted here, but you're also seeing um, contamination of a crime scene um, where they're touching her and crucial evidence could potentially be lost there. So what do you think, Chloe, about her being found in the house? And when do you think she actually died? Well, it's it's hard for a medical examiner to determine uh, a, a tight range of a time of death. I think... There's different theories on how to determine time of death. Sometimes people uh, use stomach contents, which I don't think is actually a reliable way to determine what time someone died. It could still be a range of hours. Yes, exactly. So I I don't know exactly what the time window was. Whoever did this, I I think it's likely that they spent a lot of time in the house and a lot of time with John Bonet that night and were able to do so theoretically without rousing the suspicion of anyone else in the home. Now it was a really big house and if the assault of John Binet took place in the wine cellar, which was in the basement, it is possible that they couldn't have heard a struggle or they couldn't have heard screams. But I have always found it a little bit strange that if it were a stranger, um, I just don't think that it's in the criminal profile of a stalker, pedophile stranger who wants to commit a sexual assault or a murder of a child to spend an extensive amount of time in their home while their parents are upstairs. I, I just, I don't think that's, Typical for that type of offender I don't think that there's anything super typical about this case and that's why we're still talking about it today I think that it's um an anomaly I think that if it was an intruder which I think it was I think that this is something that was planned I think that this person or people may have even been waiting in the house for the parents to get home And for everybody to go to sleep We also can talk about statistical probability here um what's more likely being as for a child to be harmed by someone that's in your family or to be harmed by a complete stranger in do the you most, know that do you know that statistic i do think that you are more likely to be harmed by someone in your family when you're a child than than some complete stranger but there are certain things that come into play she was basically placed on um she was placed in a very bad position for being a beauty pageant girl because anybody can freaking go to those things. And also anybody could have really been in their house. They threw parties. They had tours. Yeah, right. People toured their home for Christmas so they could see the entire layout and know where the pen and paper was, know where everything was. And it's just everyone's very different in their approaches to parenting. Um Putting your children and your lives in your home on display like that is not something that I find relatable at all. No, um, I I really don't understand that, and I'm not saying you know if if someone became enamored with their six year old daughter, and that led to their daughter being killed because of their very public lives and kind of putting her on display like in a sexualized way. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to think about and. It's when all of those, uh, the beauty pageant videos came out of her dancing, wearing skimpy outfits. Patsy says on the news, oh, well, those videos were never meant to be seen by anyone but family trying to justify it. But excuse me, she's on a stage yeah. in front of an audience with anyone being able to videotape it. Many, many times. She's won many different pageants and was in so many. It, per- Yeah, she was um, very successful. In that circuit. Yeah. In that circuit. But it's, it's still... It incites an emotional reaction in a lot of people because a lot of people see it as perverted, and I, and I would be inclined to agree. And I do think that if it was a stranger, I think that that could have been how the stranger was introduced to John Bonet. and, and fantasized about of, her. Lots of sex offenders in that area. It's like so many, so that it's like nearly impossible to even try to narrow down like a few suspects. There's so many. It's like crawling. Okay, which, which is weird because they're so wealthy. But I guess Boulder's a big city and there's different neighborhoods. How do you reconcile the fact that the person seemed very comfortable in the Ramsey home? The I person think- spent a lot of time there. The person used belongings of theirs to, in commission of this crime. They used even uh, a pen and a pad to write the ransom note that was found in the house. Um, they used a room that wasn't really known or accessible to anyone outside the public. I feel like you know they had knowledge seemingly of how much John earned for his Christmas bonus. This was someone who most likely was intimate with the family. I mean, you, you have to think in the shoes of the offender. And and I am, so I'll tell you for why. For someone that's never been in that house, could you imagine spending that much time there? They could have been in the house. It could you writing be different s- versions of the ransom note while they're sleeping and can come downstairs at any moment. People are delusional. I think that this person may not necessarily even have been like a part of their lives. I think that they could have been obsessed. Like it's this very ideal image of this perfect family and this very successful businessman, like basically living his best life. And he sees his perfect little daughter and he's, and he has obviously very sick, whatever. And he had opportunities to see her. He probably did research on him. Like people, people can do that. I think that's possible. He could have been at one of their parties. He could have been working at one of the parties. He could have been along for that tour. He could have easily wandered off and explored, looked around, maybe took things. So why do things the way that he did? Why would he write a ransom note when he had no intention? If his intention was to sexually assault and murder this child and it was never to collect money from the Ramsey family, why would he write that long misleading ransom note. Why? Well, why do you think that that was automatically the... Why do you think that ransom was never the intention? Because she was already dead. But you don't know that for sure. You, th- you think that it's possible that she was still alive while he was writing that note and that he was able to contain her and keep her quiet while he wrote multiple drafts of this multiple page ransom note? Yes. And then something went wrong after and he killed her. Or he did it because... I don't know. Like I, I don't know how much this person... Could have had like access to them, like if he was hiding in the house. Maybe he heard her call nine one one. It's also possible, according to this um, sort of gap in the timeline, because we honestly don't even know if she was killed early, like early the twenty sixth or late the twenty fifth. The range is extremely wide. Yeah, she was last seen late the twenty fifth, and she had rigor mortis set in when she was found at one thirty. And that means that she was dead for at least four hours. But she had been missing for eight. She'd been missing for eight. But she also I don't think that anybody said it like this this sounds really awful, but nobody said anything about her like beginning to smell from decomposition. So it could I so I think that the death was between four and four and twelve hours before she was found. Right. And um without any comments about um so she prob- odor. She probably didn't cool. have odor. She probably didn't have odor, and I'm thinking, so if it's 4 to 12 hours before she was found, 4 at the earliest, at the very earliest, would have been um, what? Sorry, my math is terrible right now. 9 o'clock that she would have dead at, been dead at the earliest? Yeah. I mean, at the latest, I mean. So if that's the case, if she died at that time, then it could have been he killed her after Patsy found the note and called 911, but she could have also died before that. So I can't even really say that's a speculation. To me, I feel like the way that she was discovered completely is incongruent with the contents of the note. I feel like the motive was plain to see that it was sexual assault and a sexual interest in the child. But why not both? Why couldn't he do both? He could be interested in both. I I mean, I, I suppose, but I feel like people are typically motivated by one cardinal thing. You know what I mean? I I feel like it's kind of a split focus. I feel like to do something so horrible and so brazen, you need to have this overwhelming impulse to do it. And I mean, I suppose money could have been a secondary interest to him. I just feel like you don't typically see that. Yeah. So what do you think? I want to hear what you think exactly happened. That why Why does that ransom note exist if that wasn't the intention? Who do you think put it there? It's time for you to say your theory. Chloe, go. I don't have a perfect theory. Unfortunately, I wish I did. But I think that what is left behind at the crime scene is indicating an attempt to mislead investigators and an attempt to cover up the true motivation behind the crime. I think that someone was trying to cover things up and hide an original motive. And I don't think that a stranger would do that. I think that a stranger is going to do exactly what it is that they're motivated to do and not try to cover it up because if they have no connection to the victim, then why would they try to make it look like something that it wasn't? What I I think only one person would be motivated to make it look like something that it wasn't. And that would be a member of the family. And I think that Patsy was wearing the same outfit that she was wearing the night before because she never went to bed. I think that she was up all night covering up this crime, coming up with a plan and kind of threw this whole thing together. And it was so convoluted, so misleading. And the investigation by the Boulder Police Department was so flawed. And there's a combination of factors that contributed to that, you know, it being Christmas and a lot of people being on vacation to them not being accustomed to investigating a crime of this magnitude. But because of those factors, it has made this crime essentially unsolvable. Yeah, but I also think that the family is not the only people with a motive to try to make the motive seem something that it wasn't. Because what if this person did want to do a ransom? Or what if this person just wanted to hurt her and not kill her? And then she's dead. And then they're like, okay, now I'm going to try to make something distracting. So the motive is in question. What if they were trying to be like, okay, to get suspicion off of me, I'm going to make the family look really fucking suspicious. So, so you're saying that a stranger with no connection to John Bonet decided to avoid becoming a suspect by making the family... You think that he intentionally tried to incriminate the family? I think that that's possible, yes. By using all of their crap? By, for, for, by doing it in the house. I don't see the family doing it. Why? I don't understand why they would. I think someone lost their temper and hurt her, and they needed to cover it up. John Bonet had an ongoing bedwetting problem, and I believe that she also um you know was regressive in um in soiling herself as well. I think she was having some issues there, and I think that can cause a lot of frustration for a parent, especially one that's exhausted, one that you know has been through a lot and might be kind of reaching their the end of the rope of their patience. You know, sometimes people are in a better place than others to deal with a difficult child. I think that Patsy had a lot of circumstances that could have led her to be a little bit more short-fused, more temperamental, more impatient um because of her sickness or what. I think um I think she was kind of wound up tight to begin with as a personality type. She was a perfectionist. Um and anxious and a type but i think also with her struggles with chemo and being a cancer survivor i think that's just i think that's someone that's been a lot been through a lot in their life so you, so you think she hit her on the head or dropped her by accident in a rage i think that maybe john wet the bed that night and she just lost it so i think that she was strangled first and not hit on the head first because of the lack of bleeding from her head i would say so i mean so so she would have to have done that to her in a rage if if that's what you're saying yeah instead of her getting hit on the head well i I mean possibly i mean was there no bleeding on the head there so basically when the body was found nobody noticed that until the autopsy happened and the fact that there was no gushing or oozing of blood implies that the the heart was was not not pumping pumping blood blood at the time i mean it could have been you know john Monet had multiple injuries to her body um i think that she even had like crescent shaped uh, marks on her skin that could be um, nails, like the imprints of someone. And um, taser marks. Yeah, the potential like taser or stun gun marks. She had vaginal injuries. Um, I-, I think there are a lot of injuries that they could have been trying to cover up. Yeah. So I think, I mean, she did have um, wet underwear, but that also could have been if you know, this poor girl yeah. was probably terrified. So that doesn't. It doesn't mean that, that she wet the bed. It could have meant that she did that later on when she. But was I, I, I am pretty sure that. There, there was maybe evidence that she did wet her bed that night. Maybe her sheets were wet, or there were wet sheets in the in the laundry, or or, or something like that. Have you ever seen a picture? How do you say Grote, garot? I think it's grote grote I'm Okay, not sure. forgive us if we're wrong. Um, so basically, what this means is that it's a it's like two wires or um or rope are tied to one hard long object so in this case it was one of Patsy Ramsey's paintbrushes that was broken on both sides and on either side of this broken paintbrush there were two cords tied around it and then that was used to strangle her yes have you ever seen a picture of it yeah and I wouldn't recommend anyone looking at it no not of not of I wouldn't recommend anybody looking at pictures of the crime scene either but have you ever seen pictures of just the groat I I don't recall so those knots look kind of interesting to me. They look kind of professional, and I don't know how she would have thought of that. I mean, people can learn how to do things. I mean, if if it do was... you think she just had that laying around, like all that thing made that makeshift weapon that seems sort of like barbaric and like maybe like war like, just like laying around? So you're saying that the creation, you you don't you think that someone would have had to have some experience, maybe? in the military or something or in a different culture to even be inspired to create such a weapon. Yes. I I actually think that's a good point. (laughs) I I mean, uh, should we read the ransom note? Sure. Because there, because I think that there might be signs of this person maybe being from a different culture. And they even say that they're from a small foreign faction. I don't think anyone would actually say that if they were from a small foreign faction. Why? Who would, would you, if you were in a different country, would you describe yourself as as foreign? Well, I don't know, because I'm not from a different country. But if you were to travel to another country, would you characterize yourself as foreign? I might, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a term that Americans use to describe other people. I don't think that people would describe themselves with that word. And faction meaning like I don't know if that means like a business or a group or a gang. So without further ado, I'm going to read the note. Hold on. And it's addressed to John Ramsey, the father. So it goes like this. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We do respect your business, but not the country it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $18,000 from your account. $10,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier delivery to pick up your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for our electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics, You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around here, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory s b t c so first impressions chloe there's a lot of histrionics um a lot of kind of dramatic almost cliche statements exclamation points. um there's some familiarity with john ramsey use that good southern common sense of yours um knows about his business knows about his business they specifically say we don't care for you or are we um they, we don't they don't like you very much but it's more about the country that your business represents it's like they respect his success but like they don't respect anything else about him I think that's what they're saying and they don't re- and they don't respect the United States so another implication that um, these people are not American also tons of misspellings tons of misspellings lots of exclamation points you know listen carefully victory it's up to you now John so strange very strange um, very dramatic Um there is a lot of... Um, you know, also the whole... If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she, she dies. dies. <laughs> like, it's it's just... um, It's very almost theatrical. It reads... Scary. A, like a horror movie. Like, yeah, they're, they're trying to be scary. But it's almost... It's too much. Like, I believe um, the whole... You know, if you tell a stray dog line, I think that comes from a a movie. And so does Don't Try to Grow a Brain. Yes. That's Speed 1994-ish. Yeah. And it also ends with initials, SBTC, which is a little strange. Um, Some people think that it could stand for Saved by the Cross. Or it could be the initials, the first initials or last initials of four people, which is what they're saying, that they're a group of people and that two people are watching over her. When I look at this note, I think someone wants... It to look like that a bunch of foreign, you know, a bunch of scary foreign boogeymen took the like took the child. Like, I, I this screams fake in stage to me. Like, I I think it's actually ridiculous. So you think that somebody in the family wrote it? Absolutely. And in fact, um, they were never really able to conclusively prove this. And I think that handwriting analysis, the science of it, is a little bit iffy and um, pseudo science. Yeah, it's 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 not it's uh. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, they, they can't prove who wrote it. No, they can't. But um, th- they were able to, or they claimed to be able to rule out John Ramsey from writing it, but they were not able to rule out Patsy Ramsey. And they said that the handwriting actually looked pretty similar to Patsy Ramsey's handwriting. And do you think that she was trying to sound different? Or do you think she yes. was trying to mask her handwriting? Yes. So think- she, she she made up fake initials to sign the letter as. She pretended that, that she was From a foreign faction. They were trying to make it look like something that it wasn't. I think that the killer also could have been trying to make it look like something that it wasn't. So you think it could have just been like a random average Joe American acting alone with no team of people looking over her that just wrote that? It could have been. It could have been one person. It could have been more than one person. But either way, I, I do think that the note is weird. And I do think that. It could have been a diversionary tactic, but I don't think there's any proof that anybody in the family wrote right. it. Right. So you're saying it's just because it's a clear it's a clear tactic of diversion that it doesn't immediately mean that it was the family that was trying to um, distract the police. It could have been anyone. So I guess we agree on that point yes. that the letter was intentionally misleading, yes. but we have different opinions on who might have been misleading and why. Yeah. So basically even though tons of people think that it was the parents, They were like, I don't know if it was like officially exonerated, but there was like a statement made by the investigators that... I I think it was even the district attorney's office yeah, saying, even apologizing to them, saying that, you know, um, you are no longer under any suspicion for this crime. And I'm pretty sure that announcement was made after Patsy Ramsey uh, died. She um, died, I think, of ovarian cancer. In 2006. Yes. Ten years after the death. And if... Chloe is right and she did have something to do with her daughter's death. She is buried next to her. So that makes me feel very uneasy if that is what happened. To lay side by side with your killer. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe part of me just really hopes that it wasn't or hopes that it wasn't familial involvement. But I just feel like it's- Of course I hope it wasn't the family. I, I don't want it to be a case where a mother killed her daughter. It's horrible. I just think that That's where everything leads back to. So they were exonerated by the district attorney. What do you think of that? Do you think they're wrong? I think that the district attorney probably looked back at the investigation and was unhappy with how they were treated uh, by the police, how they were treated by the media, all the suspicion that they were under. I think, you know, she died and I think... um, Probably from stress, There was speculation too. that the stress um, made it so she wasn't as able to fight the cancer. Yep. I, I don't know. I, I honestly felt like it would have been more appropriate to say, you know, there was really no evidence for for them to have, you know, these accusations against you. I don't think they're... I feel like when you're when you when you're talking about an exoneration, I feel like that's like definitive evidence that you did not do that. And we don't have that for them. I don't think so, there's uh, any exoneration. So I you think, think that was a premature statement? Yes, I think the DA recognized a botched investigation and there was unidentified dna yeah and felt like they were dragged through the mud um when there wasn't enough um non-circumstantial evidence to link them to it and you and you just mentioned the foreign dna and i'm assuming that that's you're referencing what was found on her underwear yeah and that honestly the element of the dna confuses me so much because i've heard so many different accounts and explanations for how that could have gotten there you've heard people say oh you know it was so um, minuscule the amount was so tiny that it could have been saying that maybe not an expert (laughs) Uh, i'm pretty sure henry lee said that henry Henry, lee yeah um you know independent experts are going to have different opinions on things but people have said that the amount was so small that it could have come from the hands of the factory worker that packaged the underwear. I think that's just insane. It's like, hasn't she not washed this underwear? Why wasn't there any other DNA found on her? I don't know. I mean, and and were they able to determine what bodily fluid they found? They said it was maybe touch DNA. And um, so a later statement that I read from 2016 said that it may have been a combination of two people's DNA. See, this is what is so confusing to me. It's like, what are we supposed to do with this information? We hear that it's, Oh, oh it's definitely a, a male. And then we hear, out oh, could be two people. Like, I just don't know what to think of it. And I just don't... I think that it was one or more intruders. And I think that they were inexperienced. And I think that it was extremely sloppy. And that they got very, very lucky. So you think... Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think it's less likely. I think it would be the most unusual thing in the world for that to be the case. But, you know, strange things happen. You are kind of whipping me in this debate. Like, I feel pretty certain... That the circumstances are extremely suspicious, and that it's a cover up, and that the family would be motivated to have a cover up. But you're kind of poking holes in that by saying that anyone would try to cover up involvement and try to um, move suspicion away from them. But um, if this person was a total stranger and they had no connection, they would have no need for that. Unless they were trying to mask their identity, or they felt that for some reason they might come to the attention of authorities. Like you know, it could be someone that did know the family that had some sort of connection to the family even if it was kind of small and not immediately obvious enough that they felt like i could at some point be identified as a suspect or if somehow this is traced back to me i need to create some kind of diversion i just don't certainly distracted them i just don't see spending that much time in in the home and doing everything in the home you, you you know it's not unheard of to abduct a child from their house while everyone's sleeping we've we've heard that in the elizabeth smart case um, in Utah, she was the the guy used a knife to cut a hole in the screen in the window, and he broke into her home. And while the parents were asleep, um, it happens. People it, get kidnapped. From yeah, their homes. but but they remove the child from the home. Well, to avoid detection, they don't stay in the house. The, the only people that would want to stay in the house to avoid detection are the people that live in the house, or it, it's a huge house where, like you said, it's so big that you can be in a completely different side or different part of the house and not be heard or seen. Her mouth was duct taped They could have been Very careful It was a room That was almost Never used They didn't even find her In the first time They searched I'm not saying They had a risk of um, You know Someone accidentally Really running into them I I don't think they were I don't think they had Any reason to be concerned That in the middle of the night John Patsy or Burke Would stumble into The wine cellar In the basement But I do think That there was A significant risk That someone would wake up To get a glass of water Or go to the bathroom And you know peer in and see the bed empty like that and and then uh, start investigating as any parent would i think this person didn't have like the normal amount of um i guess carefulness or consideration to that kind of thing because like clearly they're doing something so brazen you know they're clearly not thinking like a normal person would no they're not um and the familiarity with the layout of the house is an element, but the house was so open to the public that anyone really could have. It, it doesn't reflect on who the offender might have been, because anyone could have had familiarity with the layout if they had gone on a tour of the home at some point. All I can say is that whoever did do this is... I I have a hard time saying the word lucky because, like, I don't know, but they haven't been caught yet. The killer is not caught. If it's the If it's the mom, she's dead if it's the parents if it's the i mean if it was the dad if it was the brother which some people think they are living free if it was an intruder which i think they're also living free they're living their life whoever did it has not faced the consequences of their horrific act yeah and who knows maybe it's somebody that is maybe did this again and now they're in jail maybe maybe they're paying for something but maybe they're free and there's a pretty popular theory that uh, her older brother, Burke, who was also a child at the time. I think maybe he was... He was like nine. Yeah, he was he was older than her, but he was still a child, was responsible for this and killed her accidentally, playing too rough, and that the parents covered up. And I do think that it's its possible, but I don't think that there's a lot of evidence. its You know, it's interesting. He was taken in, I think, during um, maybe a grand jury investigation, and they talked to him, and then they ruled him out. But when you watch some of his interviews, some people... Could reasonably find uh, some of his actions and words a little bit suspicious. Like there was a bowl of pineapple uh, sitting on the dining room table. I think it was pineapple and milk, which is kind of a disgusting snack, but I think one that both John Bonet and Burke would enjoy. And I think that Burke and Patsy's DNA was found on the spoon and John on the handle of the spoon and John Bonet's was on the actual spoon surface. So there's some evidence that John Bonet had pineapple that night. Patsy claims to have never fed Jaminé pineapple and during one of the interviews with Burke, investigators showed Burke a photograph of the pineapple as it was at the scene and he was like, oh, what is that? You know, is that cereal? Like kind of acting like he has no idea what it is and he goes, oh, oh. Like almost like I think realizing what it is and what the significance might be, it's a it's a strange moment that I encourage people to look at on their own. I just don't understand why no one is um, owning up to the pineapple. Did the intruder feed John Bonet? Yeah, in there's an, residual DNA yeah, from Patsy just because it's in her c- house. Cleaning the dishes. Yeah. I mean, what what intruder would prepare <laughs> food from the kitchen from the kitchen? Where they're not supposed to be. They're not supposed to be there at all. They're not supposed to be there. And yet they're making themselves at home to the extent that they're preparing snacks. Like I said. Building murder weapons. It's insane. I think that this person was delusional. And I think that they were obsessed with her, obsessed with the family, maybe disliked the family in, in some way. And I think that because of their obsession, they felt Maybe at home there. Maybe they didn't feel as, like, fearful and uncomfortable as any normal person would. Right. And and so I guess what I'm talking about, how anxious and ready to leave anyone reasonably would be. But if you're in a place cool where you're not supposed to be. Collected, this person had to have been. And, yeah, maybe they were really delusional or really mentally ill. I think the they had to have been. With, yeah. If, if you're not aligned with reality to the point where you don't feel a sense of urgency in that situation, I think it reflects an offender that something's missing up there. um, Some element of fear, some adrenaline response is just not there where they're abnormally calm and collected in a stressful situation. And maybe it's because he had a delusion that he belonged there. But I I also think that it could be that the offender lived there. Yeah. That's what I keep coming back to. And this is why this case isn't solved, because there are these polarizing theories and nothing can be definitively ruled out right like i really think that it was someone in that house but i can definitely concede and say that you know melina's been making some really good points and i can see it from either perspective has also been making good points (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) we don't have to have a niceness contest but um so (laughs) yeah we don't (laughs) but we want to know what our viewers think do we agree with me melina that it was an intruder or do we agree with me chloe that this was a really tragic terrible case of a family member killing their daughter or sister accidental or intentional this case is very interesting to break down it's so mysterious so a lot of different points can be debated but it's never lost on us that a six-year-old girl has lost her life and 23 years have gone by with no justice for this poor girl if you have any information about the Penney Ramsey case, but wish to remain anonymous, you can contact the Northern Colorado Crime Stoppers line at 1-800-222-TIPS.